Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, friend, what if you had given your life to Jesus Christ but weren't sure about giving Him everything? What if there were certain areas of your life you were afraid to give him access to? Maybe like me, you've had times in your life that will resonate with this month's co-host experience. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I am so thankful that you're listening, friend. And hopefully you know that every month we're inviting a young woman with real faith questions to join me as co-host. And together, we're inviting guests on during the month to share their stories and also hopefully tackle some of my co-hosts' hardest questions or objections about following Jesus. Last month, our co-host was Dakmar from the Netherlands, and I really hope you were able to follow along with her Finding Something Real journey. Dakmar shared in our intro episode that she was open to faith, and we had quite the conversations with several guests. And so I hope you caught that final bonus episode available to Patreon subscribers where she shared where she's at now. For my regular listener, this is the part of the program where I, normally I say awkwardly, but I won't say awkwardly this time. I'll just say that normally I say, this is the awkward part of the program where I tell you why I hope you support what we're doing here. Patreon membership starts at just $5 a month and that includes a one-time pack of stickers. I love stickers. And a bonus uh, monthly, my co-host is nodding her head, and a monthly bonus episode that I record at the end of each month with just my co-host. That episode is a casual wrap-up discussion where we talk about what impact, if any, this podcast co-hosting journey had in her life. So for the cost of about one Hallmark card, you can support this program and help keep it on the air. In exchange, we provide that bonus content. You can discover more about that by going to findingsomethingreal.com and click on support at the top of the page. I also want to take a moment, because it's the beginning of the month, to introduce a special podcast sponsor. I talked about it. I talked about her last month as well. Laurel Denise creates meaningful handmade jewelry meant to encourage, inspire, and remind people of what they cherish most in life. The business is a small crew of women in Charlottesville, Virginia, just building on the dream that God gave the founder, Laurel, 15 years ago to create encouraging jewelry with her handwriting. They're becoming a, they've are becoming they become a gift company that answers the call for much more than a bracelet. 
Their mission is to be their real selves on the internet and provide meaningful gifts at a price people can afford. And just on a personal level, I'm so excited to share about Laurel's company because she's created something that I love. I've ordered some of her bracelets for gifts this past year. Her handmade leather bracelets are elegant and just beautiful reminders of what I value. In fact, I wear one almost every day that says love on it as a reminder of what matters and my exchange girls whom I hope feel loved when they listen to this podcast. So if you want to know more about Laurel Denise and her company, please go ahead and check out her creations at laureldenise.com and there will be a link in the show notes. Okay, friend, today on the podcast, I'm honored to introduce this month's special co-host. She's a 19-year-old college student who lives in Pennsylvania currently She grew up Catholic, but now goes to a non-denominational church. She says she's learning slowly what it means to be a Jesus follower and not a member of a church as her identity in Christ. I'm really excited to welcome Rebecca Schultz to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Ah! All right. So just at at the very onset here, outset, Becca or Rebecca, what do you prefer? Um, I'd say Becca. Okay. Well, from here on out, you, you heard it here first, friend. It's Becca. Becca, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited that you're here. And I know of a friend of yours and someone who's going to become a friend of mine, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <will>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she introduced us, connected us, and um, I'm just really grateful and You and I have only had one conversation prior to this experience, so this is going to be a journey not just for faith, but maybe also um, a relationship between the two of us, which I think is really cool as well. Yes, thank you for inviting me on. I'm really excited. Yeah, so tell people listening a little bit about you, Becca. What are some of your hobbies, likes, passions? I think the biggest thing about me is that I'm a seven. So on the Enneagram. What does that mean? I am very adventurous. I just want to have fun in life. And I think it just leads me to have a ton of adventures, mostly outdoors. I think my hobbies mainly include hiking and biking and just being outside. You're also a science major. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. I want to become a middle school science teacher. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's what we talked about before because my husband is a middle school principal and he was a science teacher for 12 years and it's all connected now. So um, you love being outdoors um, and you live in beautiful Pennsylvania, which is really beautiful this time of year, especially. Am I right? Yes. It's like everything is starting to bloom now. Like there's no flowers yet, but like you can see like the roots coming up and it's very exciting. Okay. And you mentioned in your application that you go to one of the biggest party schools in Pennsylvania. Is that correct? That is correct. (laughs) Yes. So what is that like during COVID? Has it been an issue? Because I mean, the whole world has been different for the last year. I honestly don't see a huge difference. Uh, just going to be frankly honest. Yeah. It is still the same. I think the only thing that I don't see is the big scale, like hosted parties where they're much smaller, but in more frequency. 
Okay. Are people like masking up and doing all of that? Or is it just kind of, hey, we're college students and you only live once kind of thing? The latter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you and I don't know each other. Um, What made you want to co-host with me? I have never been on a podcast before. And I honestly just think I would love to be able to share my experiences Mm. um, in this kind of format. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned something that I thought was interesting. You said that you you have a really unique perspective because of the way that you were raised and where you're at now. So tell me a little bit more about that. Um, tell me about your family and your faith journey. Um, so I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, and then we moved to rural Ohio. Um, and so I come from a pretty small family Um I think my faith life growing up was just, my parents actually have different kind of religions. My mom is Catholic and my dad is Protestant. Okay. And so I remember just growing up and always going with my mom and because that was just what we did and that's what we knew. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have two siblings. I have an older sister and I have a younger sister. Okay. So you're a middle child? I'm the middle child. Okay. Yes. Um. So I always grew up going to church um, just with my mom, and it was just the normal. I grew up going to Catholic school, um, so I was raised with a pretty strong faith foundation. Okay. Did you talk about faith at home? Yes. Faith was talked about in kind of a weird way because my mom would always talk about, like, holy week and we would talk about the rosary and but my dad was protestant so we didn't like really relate on that but also on the other hand I grew up going to christian music festivals and christian music concerts and so Hmm. I just I think had a very diverse faith kind of life okay in a sense of that way and that's I think kind of my faith life early on okay I'd love to ask a couple follow-up questions did you ever go to a Toby Mac concert Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I probably went to multiple. Oh my gosh. Terry and uh, one of his singers uh, and now uh, like has opened for him and is on her own trajectory towards stardom. Uh, she's been on this program twice and I just love her. And then um, do you know who she is? Tarion? No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll cut that part out. Um, and then um, the other question I had for you, did your dad, was your dad an involved Protestant or Um, And did he talk to you about faith as well, or was that more of her thing? It was more my mom's thing. Um, My dad was just very like, oh, I go to church, Mm. but like, I don't really talk about my faith. My faith isn't like this important part of my life. Okay. Would he go to church with you guys? Um, He would go to his own church. Oh, wow. All by himself. Yes. So I always, and then like sometimes he would come to us, come to our church on Easter, Christmas, and maybe if there was like a potluck at his church, we'd like go to my dad's church all together. But it was very rare that my whole family went to church together. Was that ever an issue for you guys as a family? Did you ever sit down and go, uh, let's all go to church together? Or why does dad go to a separate church? Anything like that? 
I think I wondered when I was younger, like, why does dad go to a separate church? But then, like, we were involved in my dad's church, but also involved in my mom's church. So we would do, like, Awanas or, like, Sunday school at my dad's church sometimes. And then we'd go to my mom's church on a regular basis. So it was, like, I honestly, it wasn't, like, a conflict thing to me as a kid. Okay, so it was more of a compliment. It wasn't a, a tension. I don't believe it was attention, no. Okay. All right. So was there a point in your life at that young age where you came to faith on your own, where it wasn't just something that you did with your family, but it became something that was yours? I don't think my faith came to my own until I was like late middle school, early high school. I think I just went to my mom's church. I never really enjoyed it. It was just something we did, and that was our identity. We just went to church on Sundays and maybe a couple extra times on, like, holy days or feast of obligation. And I was, like, pretty active in my mom's church. Like, we would surf, but I had I don't think I had an understanding of who Jesus was and a relationship with Jesus. And so middle school, I had to be like, why do I even do this? Like, hmm why am I going to church when I don't even know who Jesus is? And I don't really have this relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And at that point, had your mom, your older sister, your dad ever sat down and talked to you about, Hey, Becca, where are you at with faith or Jesus or anything like that? No, because I think I put on a really fake face, like, Oh, I'm fine. Hmm. Cause I didn't want to be like, I don't even know who Jesus was. And like, I think my involvement in the church and my involvement with frequency of like going to church made it seem like I knew who Jesus was, but I really didn't. Yeah. Do you think, and this is a bigger question. Um, I'm just wondering what you think on it. Do you think there's a lot of young women um, or young people in general who have that same experience where they've gone to church, people think they're maybe in a certain place spiritually where they really aren't and they don't really express it out loud. Can you repeat that question? <laughs> sure, I'll try. It was a little convoluted. Okay. Let, me, let me try to make it more clear. Um, do you think, in your opinion, do you think that there's perhaps more young people who have grown up in, in religious settings, going to church maybe on a regular basis, being super involved in church, by all outward experiences, they, they're doing all the things, but inside they're really struggling and they're not talking about it. Number one, maybe people aren't asking them, but number two, maybe because to talk about it would be like causing a problem that really no one knows exists. I think that more young people, I think, don't want to live that way. And honestly, I think my generation and more young people are like, when they find themselves in that situation, are more likely to just be like, "I'm why am I doing this? Like, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Rather than not kind of talking about it. Yeah, just getting out of there. I, I, I think so. I don't see a lot of younger people being like, I'm miserable, but I'm still going. I see some of it, but I, I think the pattern that I'm seeing is I'm 
miserable because I don't have a relationship with Jesus and this is just becoming routine. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm done. Okay. That's a good point. So for you, you came to that point and what did you do? I don't really have a clear answer of like, what did I do? Because it was a really long process. Um, I think I just stayed and was like, I think I was ultimately confused on, am I supposed to stay here? Mm. And I think what I did was just wrestle a lot with, why am I here? Why can't I feel Jesus here? Why don't I have a relationship with Jesus in this kind of community of faith? And I think I just wrestled a lot with that Mm. for a really long time. So I've now interviewed a couple of young people who come from Catholic backgrounds, but European Catholic backgrounds, um, I'm guessing a little different uh, from your experience, but, um, and and so I have nothing personal to say about the Catholic Church, uh, because it wasn't part of my faith journey. Um, But did you feel in your community of faith um, that there was an emphasis put on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Was that something that you knew was available to you? Or did it feel very much like religion, like something out there? I never felt like in that church I was being vested in to have a relationship with Christ. Mm. And I think it was a lot of just like, oh, you're here. You seem happy. And you're doing things to serve the church. Mm. It was never like, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Like, how's your prayer life? How are you connecting with Jesus? Mm. Interesting. So uh, you said it was a long process. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me what it was like between middle school and high school and kind of the coming to this place where you were questioning why don't I have a real relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So I think early middle school is when I started to feel like angry and just like bitter that I was like in the church and had to kind of just like muddle through this like miserable feeling of not feeling close to Jesus, but feeling like I just had to be there to please people. Mm. And so I think like that process was just like me kind of just like arguing with God, like, tell me why I'm supposed to be here or tell me why I'm not. And I never found a clear answer. And in my summers, when I would go to summer camp, when it was like non-denominational, I would get on this Jesus high for two weeks and be like, I have a relationship with Jesus. And then I'd go back and be like, no, I don't because I don't know how to. Hmm. And it wasn't until like middle high school like sophomore, junior year when I could drive that I was like, I'm not going anymore. And I found a youth group that was non-denominational and I really started to connect with Jesus and feel like I was starting to have this real relationship that I was kind of this real relationship that I wanted and felt like during the summers when I was able to just go to a non-denominational Christian camp. And that made people angry when I left and said, I'm not going to um, 
this church anymore and I want to go to my own. And I want to get there in just a second. I want to back up just a bit and ask you a question that I think is kind of fundamental. Why did you decide that you wanted Jesus? What made it, if you came to a point, middle school, high school, where you're like, I don't even think I have a real relationship with this guy (laughs) that I've been being told about this whole time. Um, What made him worth pursuing and relationship in your mind? Why, why not, you know, hide it until you graduate and get out of there or, uh, you know, just decide I'm not going because I don't want anything to do with this. What made you decide, no, I actually want a relationship with him and I'm going to pursue it in this other way? That's a good question. (laughs) Honestly, if I already answered that question, honestly, I think it was just I felt stuck and I felt like the real Jesus. I didn't know who he was. And I felt like all these things that we talk about in Christianity, like grace and love and someone who we can talk to and learn about and be intimately known about. I didn't feel like without a relationship with him, I could have those things and really understand those things. Mm. Okay. Do you feel that? Do you still feel that way right now? I still feel that way now. Yeah. I didn't know who Jesus was and I felt like not investing in finding out who he was and having a relationship with him. I wasn't able to feel grace and I wasn't able to understand what it was. Mm-hmm. So you'd heard about him and you knew he must be kind of special. But you wanted to see where he really, where you could really find him. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about leaving the Catholic Church, the one that you went to. I, I don't want to put this all on the Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reaction that you received and, and how that affected your faith journey. So in late high school, when I decided I would rather just go to and I'm non-denominational church and learn about Jesus and go to a youth group that's non-denominational. It was kind of a fighting battle with my mom, actually, where we would get into really verbal fights about, no, you're going to the Catholic church until you're an adult and you're not an adult and you can't choose where you want to go. And that's how I raised you. And it's about tradition. Mm. And when I decided that I really wanted to just learn about Jesus in a different way, and it was really shameful. And I was hurting someone really close to me. And it was just really hard. Mm -hmm. Did she say why it was so important to her? No. In a clear way that made me really understand her, no, it was, she raised me that way and it was about tradition, mm. was what I just heard a lot and that didn't make sense to me and kind of still doesn't. Mm. Um, for your mom, and, and this is just from your perspective, was it the faith or the tradition? Did she use the word tradition when she would talk about why it was so important to her? Or It's it's like the word she used was the tradition of faith. Hmm. Okay. So you made the decision to 
do it anyway to blaze the trail. What did your older sister say to you? <laughs> my older sister has actually never lived with me during that time. My okay. older sister is 11 years older than me. Oh, wow. Okay. And lived in a different state at that time. So, but my younger sister, who's pretty close to me, who's only three years younger than me, um, really was like, she was going to the same church and the same youth group and she kind of wanted to go to the non-denom- non-denominational yeah. one okay so so you decided to go um how old were you I was 16 okay or 17 so you were going to the summer camp it was no problem but it was a problem if you didn't go to to the church every week on a Sunday correct okay and so you you start going to this non-denominational church. What did you find? I was just learning about Jesus. And I've never felt like I learned about Jesus and learned how to be in relationship with him. Like it was just go through the motions a lot and just do the same things every day and try to pay attention as best as you can to the homily, which the homily is when a priest will explain the gospel that he reads that day, Hmm. the kind of like the message. And I just felt like I was able to understand in a practical way to my life that I was never able to before. Hmm. So did you fall in love with Jesus when you went over there? Or how did that progress for you? I think I have always been in love with Jesus. I think I just did not know how to kind of feel the love back from Jesus mm-hmm. and kind of understand like really the gospel is so sim- simplistic. Oh, how do you say that word? Simplistic. It's so simple. Yeah. Simplistic. Yes. And I always felt that the gospel was so not simple growing up and I just felt like I was able to kind of understand like what Jesus did for me and wow Wow. I love that like you were always in love with him but you didn't know how to receive the love until then so when you went there how did you in a practical sense how did you receive love from him um what was different I think I was just able to be honest with people I think in that church I was able to have real conversations about Jesus and just like be honest about my faith journey and like through just like discipleship honestly I was able to just kind of unravel my life and find out that like Jesus loves me and Mm. I think in that way just like through people investing in my faith life and people investing in me just understanding God's love through people that's awesome. So you mentioned that uh, it wasn't, I'm guessing it wasn't just your mom that didn't react favorably to you leaving the Catholic church, right? It was, was it, or was it just primarily your mom? It was primarily just my mom. And then there was a lot of other just like subtle language from other family members. So my all, basically all my family, other than my dad's side is Catholic. And just like inviting me to mass. And I'd be like, sure, because they don't want to like 
annoy people or make them mad at me. Mm-hmm. But I thought that everyone knew mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be Catholic. Yeah. So just like that subtle language. Did you hard. ever say like, hey, you know what? I'm, I think I'm a Protestant now, so I'm not interested in going or no. It's no. really hard. It's really hard to do that. I'm almost 40 and it's hard to do that. <laughs> to tell people no when you know it might hurt their feelings. So, um, okay. So one of the things that you mentioned when we talked last time, I shared a little bit about my personal story of faith and you said, oh, I, I can kind of relate to that. And one of the things that you shared that I kind of shared in the intro is that um, there's parts of your life that you feel like you don't want to give to Jesus or parts that you're afraid to give to him. Would you share a little bit more about that? Yes. I think I, sorry, let me just think about that for a second before you answer it. That's like a heavy question. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast, Becca. It's about to get real, real fast. (laughs) I think that some of the things that I'm not willing to give over to Jesus to be able to fully follow him is just my anger towards just churches and religion. Mm. I also think just sometimes in the way that I get caught up in the worldly lifestyle, I go to know a college that isn't very Christian and um, also just like I don't know how to say this in a good way in a good way you can say it in a bad way too if you want I don't know what word I want to use (laughs) I don't know I'm trying to say giving over like past sexual sin So, okay, well, let's, let's pull apart a little bit, each one of those things. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing, by the way. Um, okay, so anger towards the church. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, you just shared that it was primarily your mom that you felt, and, and maybe some family members, some stuff, but where does that anger come from? And, and tell me what angers you. I think the anger just stems from feeling like I was a bad person for leaving. Mm -hmm. And like just the way that that made me feel, I can't kind of forgive the people who made me feel bad about leaving. Okay. So I think that's the anger that I'm talking about. And you don't want Jesus to make you forgive those people right about now. Is that fair? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, this this is honest. All right. Is there anything else you want to share about that right now? Because I know that was one of the questions that you shared. Mm-hmm. I think that's honestly like just the main source of my anger. Okay. Okay. And then um, you shared a little bit about worldly lifestyle. I know one of your questions was um, purity culture and the toxicity that you see around that. Share a little bit more about that and and tell me a little bit about that tension there and why it would be hard to give that to Jesus or whatever. Yeah. 
I think that all my like kind of teen adult kind of life no one just explained to me purity culture and what it was kind of intended for by Jesus uh, I just think purity culture and the church really messed me up tell me about that there's people listening who don't even know what purity culture what you're referring to there so tell me what what is it I feel like purity culture to me was just don't have sex and don't have sexual desires either and be a modest person mm. in clothing and okay for me that was what purity culture was okay and then tell me how that was harmful for you it was harmful to me because i felt like no one at that nope that's a lie I felt like a lot of people in my life just told me I was a bad person for kind of wanting to express my sexuality. I felt like I wasn't allowed to. I felt dirty. And I think in that way, it just like made me feel like a terrible person. Mm. And in turn, like, I just like, was like shut off from it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I, we could talk about that, but I'm, I'm going to let a guest come on and share a little bit about that. I'm going to let the guests do their work and I'll do mine. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then you didn't mention it just now, but, um, there were a couple other things that you mentioned when you filled out the Google form, and I, I just wanted to touch on them because I think that they're concerns for you. And I don't know if, if you feel like these are things that you're holding on to from Jesus or not, and you can, you can share if it, they are. Um, but you, you shared that you're, you have questions about homosexuality being a sin. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that this is kind of a recent thing. And uh, I guess I can thank, this is so weird to say, but I guess I can thank TikTok. Thank you for that. (laughs) I think I've just really wrestled with, is homosexuality even really a sin? Or are we twisting the Bible to make it a sin? And we're just so deep in that kind of hate towards them that we don't want to back off from that stance. Yeah. Do you know anyone personally who you feel like hates people who are homosexual or? I don't think I know anyone personally who would try to be like, I hate homosexuals, Mm -hmm. but the way that they kind of exclude them from the church Mm-hmm. And make them feel not a part of the church, kind of in that way, kind of hateful, discriminatory behavior. Okay. Okay, well, we can definitely talk about that. And then, um, all right, last thing that you brought up, and uh, you've given some really good material here. So these are great questions to to find people to talk into, um, is the idea of cult-like behavior in religious settings. Um, You shared a little bit about that in your Google form. Would you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. 
I think just growing up, I thought that like what we were doing was normal and it wasn't really until I left the church that I was like, is this actually like honoring Jesus? Like how are we growing closer to Jesus? And I think cult-like behavior honestly wasn't my best wording of it. I think- I may have summarized. That might've been what I said. (laughs) But just- I think, are our actions honoring Jesus? Like how, why does doing this grow us closer to Jesus? Or are we just doing this because our religion told us to? Yeah. Okay. So that kind of goes along with the homosexuality question, which is, right? Like, is that really something that's part of the Christian package? (laughs) Okay. Well, those are some good questions. And I think it's interesting that you that there you also had shared with me that it felt like there was stuff that you're like holding on to. Do you feel like like some of those questions are things that you're uh, when it comes to um homosexuality or the cult like behavior question um do you feel like those are things that you've you're open to Jesus like transforming or is it kind of like, well, maybe I don't really want to give you this because you might take me back. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think those things necessarily, I don't want Jesus to transform my life into, or I'm not letting willing to let go of. Cause like, honestly, those things, I just want to know the truth on. Yeah. Like in what Jesus says. Yeah. The other things, do you want to know the truth on or what Jesus says? Some of those I don't really want to know the truth on. Yeah. And I asked you, I love that you're being honest, by the way. Um, I asked you this question and I say this as somebody who's been there. Um, I asked you, I don't think I asked it. I think I just made a comment on, um, it's kind of miserable, like holding on to stuff from Jesus, right? Like it's not fun. Um, so tell me, like uh, on a scale of one to 10, this is a personal question. Not that the rest haven't been, uh, but one being like uh, uh, to 10, like how happy are you really right now in your life? I would say a solid seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. This season of my life has been really hard, but really joyful because like, this school, although it's the biggest party school, I have so much good biblical community here mm. who vibe with me. Mm-hmm. And I just am able to like be completely and openly honest to them. And like, they just really pour into me and love me. Mm. And that's why I'm so happy. Yeah. So thanks, guys. If you're listening. <laughs> you better. No. <laughs> Go give Becca a hug at one of those parties that you're not supposed to be at. <laughs> None of them are at parties. <laughs> I, I love that. You found people who are maybe walking the walk uh, who aren't, you know, a repulsive version of Christianity, which is good. All right. So I asked you in the Google form that you filled out um, to tell me what gives you hope. And you said quote, the fact that Jesus is always faithful, no matter my faithfulness to him. 
Tell me why that means so much to you. I think it means so much to me, like, because I'm not faithful to him Mm. and like, I'm not always obedient to him, but like the fact that he's still actively pursuing me and actively pursuing my heart is just like an insane thing because like normal people wouldn't, Mm. but he's not normal. So I think that it just means so much to me because I don't have to be this perfect person or this perfect Christian for him to still love me and still be faithful to me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you hope to gain from this experience, Becca? Honestly, just some more biblical wisdom. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I lack that and I really am just like, what does the world say? And it's like really hard to like shut the world out and like their opinions. And I would just love some more real Jesus advice. (laughs) Well, let's try to find some, huh? (laughs) Um. All right. So a couple final questions for you. First, this podcast has always been about a journey. And over the course of the next few weeks, I hope that you and I will be able to have a series of conversations with folks who will be touching on some of the same issues that you just brought up in your own story. I know you're busy and you're a college student, um, but I do have something to challenge you with. So um, would you read a couple of things while we're doing this together? And you don't have to say yes right away. But um, I'm thinking all four Gospels and um, a book that I that changed my life. It's called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Have you read that book already? I haven't. I listened to like his video series on it, but I didn't actually read the book. Okay. What are your thoughts on me giving you homework like that? That's fine. I can yeah. do homework. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. And then um, as we go along with these episodes, I've found as a podcast host and also as somebody who's been on these journeys a couple of times now, um, that it really helps if not only are we having the conversation, but that after it airs, if you go back and you actually listen to it, because I find that we're going to hear a lot. It's so funny how you have a conversation. You remember bits and pieces of it, but then you re-listen to a conversation and you realize, I don't remember that at all. (laughs) You hear it for the first time. And so I just want to encourage you as we're going through this, um, if you are able to, um, obviously we're both going to be devoting a lot of time to this process, but to go back and to listen and, um, and then I think you'll reap more uh, by, by experiencing it that way. Um, so you don't have to agree to that. I just want to encourage you in that because that's something that I found. This is the final question. And it's the same question I ask all of my guests all of the time. The finding something real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. I believe those things are found in their truest form with Jesus Christ. And I think you do too. Um, but if you had to pick one, that is most compelling to you, the thing that you desire most in your life from God, what would it be and why? Restoration, eternity, authenticity, or love? I think restoration. Hmm. Just kind of restoring my life and changing 
me into someone who's more like him. What are those areas in your life that you feel like you want to see restored? I think just, like I said, I'm not super faithful to God. I just, I think I just want him to kind of restore kind of just the area of my life that thinks that I want to have fun and I want to do what I want to do and what's kind of worldly and just like change me into someone that can just be content with being who Jesus made me to be. Yeah. That maybe he offers something better. Right. And actually believing it. Um, man, Becca, so much of your story. Um, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic, but I definitely know what it's like to, um, be walking with Jesus and withholding from Jesus at the same time. And I think I, I shared this with you, but I was one of the most miserable people ever. <laughs> and uh, by his grace, he saved me from that, not because I did anything to earn that, uh, but because he kept after me. He was so faithful. And um, I trust that he is exactly uh, in in the same faithfulness business that he was, you know, 20 something odd years ago as he is today. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's still in the restoring eternal, um, authentic and loving business. And I'm excited to go on this journey with you. Thank you so much for being here. And are you ready for this? It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I haven't scared you away. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm so excited. Yay. Well, until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.